Hey everybody, Steve here, Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Daryl Havrish. He's a financial services professional uh, agent, uh, New York Life Insurance Company, and uh, he's out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, Daryl. Uh, thanks for coming. My pleasure as well. Thanks for having me, Steve. Absolutely. Yeah, usually we do these in person. It's been a few times uh, that we've done this, uh, the Skype thing, the, the the remote, so it's a little weird with the technical difficulties. I was having some sound issues before, so hopefully it's coming through now, but uh, I'm definitely happy to have you on. We had a really good conversation uh, a, few, uh, you know, a few days back uh, talking about kind of your history and, you know, what got you into the insurance business, but uh, you, you know, people think about insurance as like a boring thing, but you got a pretty pretty interesting background. How'd you get started? What did you do before uh, you got into the insurance business? Uh, you know, I, I had a couple of different careers leading up to this point. Um, to be honest with you, I, I grew up in the whole law enforcement arena, the law enforcement background. That's where the majority of my family was when I was growing up. So my going from my grandfather to my uncles, actually my great uncles, um, they're all retired or even passed away since then and then uh, their kids so now my cousins are lieutenants sergeants for the fire departments police department so I was always influenced growing up everybody in my family the, the men that's what they did um, except for my dad my dad went the corporate route my dad was a national accounts manager for several years so I saw as I got older I saw what he was doing I saw what my other family members were doing I always had that drive for the excitement and, and wanting to get involved in, in investigations and things such as such as that so long story short, I graduated college with a law enforcement background. I started working for the Inspector General's office as an investigator. I did that for several years, uh, enjoyed it. I, uh, I was in a couple dangerous situations, but when you were younger, when I was younger, you, you kind of have that indestructible feeling about yourself. Right. When you're young and hungry, right? So that's kind of what my mindset was back then years ago, and I really enjoyed it. Um, as I got older, I found out we were going to have a baby. I certainly found out we were going to have a baby girl. Mm. And my mindset kind of changed a little bit. Um, I was in a couple of different, you know, dangerous situations. When, and, and at that point in time, I started thinking about things, reevaluating where I was at. And I couldn't imagine me not being there when my daughter was born. Right. Not being around to enjoy her life and not her, not having her father. So. It took me a little time, but eventually I resigned as an investigator, uh, went back to school, got on a vocational program. I started working for uh, Discover Financial Services. At the time, was an entity under Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. the, the, I was there for several years as well, and they had spun off since then, um, several years ago, and they've been doing very well. But then I, then I got exposed to the finance world, and uh, I wound up getting recruited by a couple different agencies and firms. And uh, I, I got to the point where I was ready to make that change. So I wound up accepting a job. So my, my, my goal, Steve, was to work for a, a Fortune 100 company. I wanted to work for a mutual company. And I wanted to, and other, other goals that were involved as well, like you know commuting, this and that, uh, salary, benefits, and all that good stuff. So right. I wound up accepting an offer with, uh, with New York Life Insurance Company. That's where I've been the last several it's years. Um, that's where I'm going to be. Oh, this is where I plan on retiring. That's that's my plan. Um, mm -hmm. It's been great. I love where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. 
And that that's kind of how my transition started. Yeah. Well, that's a big transition. Uh, I get the, the, you know, the not wanting to have to take the risk of uh, not being there for your, for your kid, your, your daughter, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, moving from, you know, cops and robbers to uh, uh, insurance is kind of a, a strange shift. How, how did you come to that? Well, you know, what, 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 what you know, how did that, that work out? Funny. That's a great question. And I, if my senior partner was on the line with us, she'd be laughing. So I, I met my senior partner. Her name is Erica. And she started recruiting me. I met her prior to working at New York Life. And she's like, Daryl, what do you think about this? Come on, let's grab lunch. And yeah. And um, she was telling me about the business, the finances, the potential, the goods, and and giving me the lowdown. Mm-hmm. And I and I liked it. And of course, she was talking very good about it. Uh, so it sounded good. But you know, I was hesitant. Um, I had other options as well. But I thought about it a little more. And that with her, I, I initially I said no. Mm. I said, you know, thanks, but no thanks, Erica. And and uh, things surpassed. So I was also. You know, growing up where I did, my family was involved in the hospitality business as well. So mm-hmm. I grew up in that, that atmosphere also that my, my family owned a, um, a businessman's lunch restaurant slash bar in, in New York, in Yonkers, New York, where I was born. And uh, that's what helped put me through college. So I got into that business, just bartending on the side, mm-hmm. helped me put me through college. I did it on weekends when I was working after college. Um, it was just kind of a side gig for me. Uh, I, I like to save. I'm a saver. I was always interested in saving and having money and being somewhat astute at that. Yeah. I, I certainly share my spent my share of money as well. Sure. But I, I, you know, I was kind of astute and wanted to learn how to save and protect my money and have it grow and work for me. So uh, I was lucky. I had my uncle sit us down and explain all of that to us when we were younger. At, at, you know, it was a Thanksgiving dinner. All yeah. the kids were around the table, at least the kids that were old enough to understand that stuff. He explained it to us, and that's how I uh, I kind of got a niche for it and, and took it to another level on a personal basis. I didn't think I would go in that direction as a career. Yeah, but obviously I did after the after investigations. Um, you know, 2008 hit, opened my eye to some other things. I seen uh, family members suffer certain things, uh, situations financially, and yeah, I was like, man, it was kind of unfortunate. You, you wish you could have done more. And I wasn't involved in the business back then. Um, I just knew what I knew. So uh, I got a little bit more involved. And then uh, sure enough, I did call Erica six, seven months later. And uh, she goes, hey, Daryl, what's going on? How are you? I go, I'm good. How are you? She goes, I, I haven't heard back. You know, I've been meaning to call you. And uh, I go, I've been meaning to call you too. She goes, well, how's everything going? Do you want to grab lunch and catch up? And I said, absolutely, let's grab lunch and catch up. And we had that that discussion surfaced again. I said, listen, I'm, I'm managing some places in the hospitality business. So that's what I was doing uh, in the evening because I wanted to spend time with my daughter during the day. Yeah, That's just kind of the position that I was at in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, daytime was with my daughter, raising her and spending time with her. In the evening, I was going to work. Um, but as my daughter had gotten older, I realized that, uh, you know, I'm getting older too. I need to get back in my career mode because it's not something I want to do uh, as a career forever. I was opening places, managing places and such. Great job, great, great, long-lasting friendships. Um, but I didn't want to do it any longer. I wanted something more stable, more, you know, with benefits and such. So when I had this second lunch with Erica, mm-hmm. uh, I decided to give it a shot. And... Um, 
here I am roughly five years later. Uh, I was out of the finance world when I was with Morgan Stanley and Discover Financial. That was in the early 2000s, 2006 or 7-ish. Before everything uh, hit. Yeah, yeah. They outsourced and yeah, everything went was kind of crazy. Um, and then I was in the hospitality business for several years. And then I decided to get back into it about five or six years ago. Well, you know, it's an interesting story, and that's one of the main reasons why I do this show. Uh, everybody kind of has, uh, you know, everybody has like a blockbuster movie, you know, and as a life, you know. So it's like, you know, we're skipping over lots of different things, uh, you know. But I, we want to get into the, the meat and potatoes of what we're doing here uh, with the insurance business and why it's so important. Um, you know, I mean, I know that uh, really the main reason why you transitioned is really for insurance, right? I mean, it's for insurance for your daughter and for your family and for your future, um, yeah. which is so important. I mean, when it's not just you and you're not just a young young person uh, living alone, you got to think of these things. Um, and that really, really uh, comes into play right now uh, where we are in the world with, you know, the disease and, you know, the way everything's going. There's a lot of uncertainty and, um, you know, financial uncertainty, health un uncertainty. So um, I, I was excited to have you on because I think you can kind of help people um, make some decisions or, or at least give them a little information on how, how the insurance business works and how it can actually help them, not just life insurance, like, hey, be dead, you know, but also to, to build some, some savings. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we talked about, financial tools where, you know, you're, you're, you're putting money away for the future in case something terrible does happen so people are protected, but also so you could borrow against things later down the road. Can you tell us a little bit about how important it is, um, you know, to, to, to kind of look into these products that are available right now? Um, and, and what would you suggest to people right now if they're looking for a way to kind of ensure their future and their family's future right now? Well, those are all really great questions and great points that you bring out because when I first learned of insurance, specifically life insurance, it wasn't very exciting to me, right? It's not right. something, it's not sexy, it's not exciting, it's not going to make you a million dollars tomorrow um, unless it's for death benefit purposes, right? right? But when it comes to life insurance, there are different types of life insurance. There's something called term life insurance, which is just that. It's for a period of time. Uh, it's like, you know... Life insurance is if you have somebody or some people, family members, spouses, kids, parents that are financially dependent on you. Yeah. Right? That, that's typically what life insurance is for. If you're no longer here, your income is no longer here. What impact is that going to have on your family, whether it's your spouse, your kids, whoever is financially dependent on you? If it's a wife or a husband, are, are they going to be able to maintain mortgage payments? Uh, daycare is obviously very expensive for little kids. Maybe college funding could be an issue. It's that income replacement, right? We're not we're not really aware of some of the things that life insurance can do. Right. But generally speaking, Steve, there's there's two types. There's term life insurance and there's whole life insurance. There are some other ones in there too, but I don't want to get too involved. In, sure. But um, generally speaking, the short-term life insurance is that. It's for a short period of time. You can get a lot of coverage for a fairly inexpensive cost, but you have to qualify for it. They don't just give these things to, to anybody. Um, but term insurance, is, there's, 
it's like renting a home, right? There's no equity, there's no cash value that grows in it. It just, it's a death benefit. It pays out if you die early, right? Um, then there's whole life, is, which is that. It's like you have it your whole life. You cannot outlive it. And with whole life insurance, there's really two big components there. There is the death benefit as well, and there's that cash value column in there as well. There's a savings component in there that, that there, there's cash value that grows in there and it's guaranteed to grow. Uh, there's different ways to structure it and it's been around for 200 plus years uh, We're just not educated on it, right? And I got lucky because I had at that Thanksgiving table when I was in my late 20s My uncle educated me on it not just me But my brother my cousins my sisters and said this is what you guys need to know Yeah, it was obviously a lot different then because I'm 49 years old now. It's uh, over 20 years ago um, and it's evolved ever since, you know, due to my background, I'm in a lot of police departments. I mean, I'm probably in about 17 police districts across the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in multiple fire firehouses. Um, and I have a lot of first responder clients just because that's who I palled around with. That's who I work right. with. We developed friendships with them. Yeah. And, um, that's how I kind of made my, my transition into, into this life insurance financial service world and uh my i'm going off track here but <laughs> it's okay no it it makes sense i was gonna i was gonna actually uh i was gonna stop you for a second because we talked about the fact that you um you know operate uh inside police districts and and uh those are that's kind of like your your main client base uh because that's what you know i mean you you obviously want to uh, be able to relate with your your customers your you know your clients and um, I'm sure they appreci appreciate that too, you know, that, that you're coming from the same kind of place of understanding the risks and, you know, all that. So um, let, let's talk about that for a second before we move on, um, because, there, you know, without getting in anything crazy, politics or anything like that, there's a lot of things going on. I think that a lot of people um, in that field of work, you know, first responders in particular, are worried about you know safety and, and things like that and uh, I think they should be you know I mean there's a lot of a lot of crazy things going on um, what have you been hearing from you know people uh, have you seen an uptick in, in, in people wanting to get coverage um, for, for for new recruits coming onto the job um, you know I know that you kind of mentioned that you, you go in and try to educate the young people coming into onto the force um, can you tell us a little bit about that process and kind of how that's been going and maybe how things have changed recently yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I am. I'm in, and I, I do a lot of work with the officers, and I'm not limited to that. I'm all over the place, but just because of my background, that's that's where I, I started off, and it just kind of escalated. Yeah. Um, but I'll get calls from my my friends, my former coworkers, and they'll say, Daryl, we have new young guys and gals on the job here. I want you to come in and, and talk to them, just kind of educate them on on what it is that you do, what we have. Yeah, he tried because I I'm not a I'm not a salesy guy. I'm not a pushy guy. I, I, I everything I do, Steve. I know we discussed this a little bit, but it's all based on education, right? I'm not here to try and sell anybody on this product or that product. Um, I base it on education. If there's a common interest to pursue, you like what you're hearing, then we dig a little bit deeper, and then we kind of customize them to to what my clients are looking for. I usually sit down with them. I meet with them, chat with them, do a little fact finding, see what their goals are, where where they're at now, like what's Steve's picture today, where is he at today, and where does Steve want to be five years, ten years, twenty, thirty years from now? Yeah. Are there are there, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to protect? 
and then um, I'll come back. I'll meet with my team. I'll come up with some solutions. And if it works, great. If it's not, then we can keep digging or or call it the day. But when I meet in these police districts, you know, I, I typically go in. Uh, they they take they take care of all the police work uh, during their meetings, during their roll calls. When they're done with their business, their line of work business, then I typically come in there and I'll speak for maybe five minutes telling them a little bit what I do. When I say come in there, I'm talking about going into their, after roll call is completed, they'll give me a couple minutes and uh, I'll kind of go through what it is that I do. Um, often these guys have uh, are getting life insurance contracts and, and they really don't know what it is. Right. I mean, they're young. When I was 25, I really didn't know what it was either. 28, you know, you say, they say, they meet with somebody to say, hey, you're a young guy, young, young woman, you need to get some life insurance now when you're young, and boom, you can do $25, $30 a month, and you get a quarter million dollars worth of coverage, and boom, they never look at it again. Yeah. I do a lot of portfolio, portfolio reviews. Like most of the people that I meet with have existing life insurance policies, have existing portfolios, investment portfolios in place already. I'm not here to swipe away the value that somebody else is already providing for them, right? I'm more than happy to, we do complimentary reviews all the time because some people have multiple advisors, yeah. right? I, I have, I'm, a, I'm on a team, like I work with certain accountants for my clients, right? We, we were, those should be my clients' resources, right? We work together for them and their family. We're not, it, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, hey, let me take care of all this business and don't worry about them. Like, you got to do what's best for them. Yeah. And you want to make sure that the right hand's talking to the left hand and, and then it's all working together. So with the police department, I'm, I'm doing an evaluation on, on I, several, several, several life insurance policies. Mm-hmm. I'll educate them on how their deferred comp is structured. That's That's their... 457 it's a IRS code but that's how they that's what they use for their retirement income their retirement planning it's like the equivalent to a 401k in the in the corporate world okay okay um, you just got to understand how these things are structured and that's what I do I educate them because they're not educated on it nobody's no. nobody's taught them nobody's teaching them financial planning in high school nobody's no. being taught financial planning in college right right so yeah that's a problem you, that's a big it problem is. it is it's a major problem and when, when you're putting your financial plan together, often life insurance should be included in that if you have a family, right? You have people that are dependent on you. Yeah. And uh, they need to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in your experience, um, how, in every every you know city, every town is different. Obviously, they have different plans and different deals and all that stuff. But um, do you see the the average uh, police officer or firefighter? Are they getting um, like are the the plans that they get like universally? Uh, is it, are they good? Can you enlighten us a little bit about that? You know, kind of the standard stuff that they get if they don't even look into it at all. How does that look? So, when it comes to their investment vehicle, they're they're deferred comp vehicle yeah that's a that's a good vehicle it, it is it's, it's like an employer-sponsored vehicle except they're not getting a match like maybe with some 401ks do but it's a payroll deducted investment vehicle the vehicle itself is very good um, the problem is that the city of Chicago is a, is a huge department right yeah, of course so they're not getting the hand-holding that they need or deserve like they're not necessarily know what their funds are doing right 
And, you know, when you're younger, it may not manage, ma matter as much because you got a long time horizon. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting to the 50, 55, when you're nearing retirement or in retirement, you need more handholding. You want to know exactly what your funds are doing, how they're allocated, how they're performing. And you want to meet with an advisor that knows you, knows what your goals are. And when you're with a company that size, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not getting that personal touch. Like you're having somebody that doesn't really know you you're calling an 800 number to find out right. where your money is, what it's doing. You're having somebody that you never spoke to before, really, deciding where, where, your, where your money goes. How do they make the best decision for you if they don't even know what your goals are? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's the big problem there. And that's, you know, that's just the way it is. That's not, that's not that anybody over here is doing anything wrong or anybody over here is doing anything wrong. It's just, it's, a, it's the nature of any system that gets really big. You know, you lose that personal touch and, uh, you know, that's what people need a lot of times. Uh, so that's, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense that you would, you would be, uh, offering that, that, you know, uh, expertise, uh, in a granular level by going in there personally and making a relationship. Um, I, I'm sure that your, your customers appreciate that. Um, what are some of the things that you have been able to provide, uh, uh additionally on top of what they're already getting? Um, you know, has there been any particular, uh, without getting into the details of the products, but is there any I don't know, uh, anything that you would suggest other officers maybe look into uh, getting into? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good question, Steve, because, you know, we're, we're living in a crazy environment right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Right? And not. So yeah. I'm always very busy. When, when the market's volatile, I'm very, very busy, right? When, when there's a pandemic or there's an illness or some crazy health issues going around, right. I'm busy because I do a lot of financial planning, right? Retirement planning. And when I do a lot of life insurance, um, I do a lot of disability insurance. I do a lot of long-term care. So that's what I mean. That's I, I, I have to sit down with these people and find out what their goals are right. and educate them on what their options are. So to answer your question right now, you know, I'm moving some money around for people that are getting close to retirement. You know, if they're getting close to retirement and the market's really volatile, they're not really in a position to lose that money. So if the market yeah. tanks, they don't want to lose 15, 17, 25% of their, their retirement money like we did a couple months back when this COVID-19 came out, right? Yeah. Um, again, relative in, relative to this COVID-19, it, it kind of lights a, a fire underneath some people there. It's a little bit of a wake-up call. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, Big I mean, time. A lot of people have passed away, right? And we're in Chicago. It's been hit. Um, I have a lot of clients in New York, too. I, I'm, I'm in about 17 states, so across the country and it's usually the states with bigger cities bigger metropolis areas so sure. and those seem to be the ones that get hit the hardest right the most populated so makes sense yeah it makes sense um it's waking people up a little bit they're like oh man i need to get some life insurance right because if somebody dies it's not just that family that's affected you know it's a wake-up call maybe it's a co-worker or a sure. business partner or a client right so it's uh it's lighting a fire for people to really start getting something in place or a plan in place and being like, you know, I, I need to take this a little bit seri more serious now. Yeah. So it's been keeping me extremely busy. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough because we still don't know a lot about this COVID-19. Right. right? Still, we're still trying to figure things out. We're, we're a lot further along than we were, I think. I'm not a doctor, but, <laughs> you know. I hope so. 
yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're, we're making progress. Um, but you know, it, it's just a matter of really making sure your your eyes are dotted and your your T's are crossed. Um, well, we got to plan for the future a little bit, and uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, like like you're like you're saying. I mean, it's you could get hit by a bus at any time. You know, I mean, something could happen to you. You know, I mean, it's everybody's got a number, you know, so it's like uh, we, we want to, you know, protect the people we love. And then, the you know, uh, um, uh, the other side of that is the investment, the retirement part of it. You know, there's a lot of things uh, happening right now where people might decide, hey, maybe maybe I should retire. Maybe it's time to take a retirement. And, you know, what's that going to look like? So, you know, for for people in these situations where they just really don't have a lot of education, uh, you know, uh, on, on on the different plans and the different products that are available to them. What are some easy, um, I guess, I guess these are two different questions because we're talking about people on the end of their career and people on the beginning of their career. So two different uh, cases, but for somebody that's that's on their way out or looking towards retirement, what are some of the plans that you are hearing that they wish they had? Or are, are there are there things that, that you can say, well, you know, if you had done this at another age, you know. Yeah. Does that make a, sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually smile when I when I was hearing you say that because I hear that a lot, right? I, I, I do. I hear it a lot because I work with a lot of, you know, people that are in their 20s, 30s, pre-retirees. I work with people in, in retirement, like post-retirement as well. Right. You know, we don't just plan for retirement, right? It's it's equally as important in post-retirement as well, right? That, that's critical, just as critical, because you have to make sure your, your, dog, your, your, your ducks are in a row because something happens, you're in retirement, you gotta make sure you have some buffer assets out there yeah. or some safe money out there, right? You right. can't you can't just have all your money in the market, even if it's somewhat safer. Um, if it still has market exposure, it still has market exposure, so you can still lose money. And if you're taking money out from investment accounts in a down market, you're just locking in your losses. You can really deplete your retirement money that way. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I hear often is, Man, Daryl, where were you 17 years ago? Where were you 25 years ago? Where were you 22 years ago? And part of the reason is because when, when you're planning, putting, uh, establishing a plan, you have to take taxes into consideration, right? Taxes yeah. we know aren't going anywhere. If anything, we're, I mean, we're gonna, we know they're gonna go up. Yeah. <laughs> is, right? right. They're, they're always gonna be in existence, right? We're never gonna not pay taxes. And that, that, that's uh, something that's always going to hit your accounts, whether you're, you're either paying now or you're paying later. Yeah. Right. But you're going to pay. And there, there's vehicles that the IRS allows you to do, allows you to take advantage of to take some money out of the tax system. Now, I've never met anybody that didn't want to take money out of the tax system. Right. Of course. In a perfectly legal way. Right. So um, when I when I meet with people that are in retirement and they all I often hear Oh my God, Daryl! How how can you keep me from paying more in taxes? I mean, I'm paying a boatload in taxes every year, and the reality is this: right now, today, we're we're in a low tax rate environment. Yeah, right. We are. It's good to pay taxes now, 
pay taxes now when they're still low and put them into a vehicle over here on the after-tax side and never pay taxes on that money again. That's right? a really interesting point that I think a lot of people don't think about. Um, when tax, I mean, it's just like uh, with with anything. I mean, you know, like if you can get, you're gonna take, you're gonna pay a percentage regardless, right? I mean, things are gonna change, but now that the the rates are low, you know, and and you know, we don't know what's gonna happen. You know, elections are volatile. Things can happen. Times change. Maybe at some point we're gonna have to pay sixty percent. You know, and they could just, you know. So, well, I think what you're getting at here is there's a lot of options where you can have money working for you, um, you know, where, you, where you're actually getting interest on, on, on money at a larger lump sum over time, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, you know, how, how, what are those techniques, what, you know, to, to really grow that money and, and save yourself on the back end? So on the after-tax side, there, there's the, pre, the only two types of tax treatments are the pre-tax side and the after-tax side, right? So most of us all, focus on the pre-tax side because that's what we know. When mm -hmm. I say pre-tax side, that, that means it's all tax deferred. Like we're putting our money into our deferred comp or we're putting it into our 401k or traditional IRA. And that's and that's what we know. That's where the majority of the employer-sponsored retirement vehicles are, right? So just say my 401k, for example, I put money in there every time I get paid and it's all tax deferred. So I'm not paying on the growth at all. It's gonna go from zero to just say $100,000, I'm don't. i not paying on that growth at all. That's called tax deferral. It just means you're paying taxes later. But when I retire and I start taking withdrawals from that money, that's when I'm gonna get taxed. It's 100% taxable by the IRS. And you, you, don't, start taking you don't know exactly what, what the tax rate's gonna be in the future. There's no guarantee, right? Absolutely, you don't know that, right? We, we don't have that crystal ball. What we do know now is that we're very, we're in a very low tax rate environment. That's where we are today, right? There's really, where we're at now, historically low, there's really only one way for taxes to go. And oh, that's up. Yeah. And yeah. The government already said in 2025 they're, they're going to go up. Um, we'll see what happens. But when we're, when we're $23 trillion in debt or whatever it is now, you know, how do you think the company, the, the world, the country is going to make up this money? You know, they, they, they use taxes to, to help get us back on track and they right. eliminate benefits and you know social security is an issue right pensions are an issue so all these great benefits that we had in the past are are slowly deteriorating yeah. right so you, you got to have that plan in place now that's the pre-tax side right you you put in you got a hundred thousand dollars in there it's not how much is in there right it's how much you get to keep yeah so if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your 401k you start taking distributions. You may see maybe seventy-two thousand, maybe seventy-five thousand by the time the IRS is is done with you. Yeah, uh, that's that's how the pre-tax side works. I mean, that's just the way it is. And then there's the after-tax side, and that's money that's already been taxed by the IRS. So there's a couple vehicles over there, not many, but a Roth IRA is one. Tax-free municipal bonds, but you got to be careful with that. Um, and seventy-seven hundred two accounts, which is the cash value life insurance. People now are wanting more guarantees, of course, right? And that's what the cash value life insurance is doing. It's giving you guarantees. It's giving you a guaranteed death benefit that you can't outlive. It's giving you guaranteed cash value growth that is always going to go up. It's not tied to the market. Now, there are some cash value life insurance 
policies that you can have tied to the market if you want that market exposure. Um, and I would recommend most people having some market exposure. You want that. Um, I have, I'm on both sides. I'm on the pre-tax side. I'm on the after-tax side. I got a 401k. I have a uh, traditional IRA on the pre-tax side. On the after-tax side, I have multiple cash value life insurance policies. I have. I had a Roth. So well, you want to be. That actually, uh, that was a question that I had. I guess you answered it for me. But uh, is it smart to have multiple policies? It is. Well, because things change over time. You know, things usually it's like technology. Everything gets upgraded over time, right? My, I'll give you an example. When I got my first whole life policy, which is also called the cash value policy, mm-hmm. it has a death benefit that's going to grow and has that savings component, that cash value that's going to grow. It's going to grow a lot more than it does in a bank. So the first time I got that, I was in my, I don't even know, late 20s or maybe 30. And I got it, right? So there's something called custom whole life. Mm-hmm. That came out, I believe, in 2006. You know, when I first got my whole life policy, custom whole life wasn't around yet. Custom whole life is something that's proprietary, proprietary with New York Life where you can actually customize how long you want to pay into this vehicle for. Mm. Meaning, Maybe your budget is $200 a month. Maybe it's 150 Maybe it's 500 I have doctors that do $1,000 a month. So it just depends what your number is. But you can control. You customize how long you want to pay into it for. Say, for example, a lot of the cops that I work with want to retire at 55. So they say, Daryl, I want to pay into this thing until age 55 and be done. Well, they'll be done at 55 because that's the way we're going to customize it but they're gonna receive the benefits as if they were still paying for it, right? The cash value is gonna continue to grow in it, Hmm. and the death benefit's gonna continue to grow. Essentially, Steve, what you're doing is you're just paying it up in advance, it's being paid up. Yeah, and it's continuing to grow. It continues to grow, and it's not tied to the market at all. That's your safe money, that's your security, that's your buffer asset, and you can access that money. That that money that grows in there, that cash value that grows in there, and it it can grow fairly substantially, You can access it. It's liquid, right? You don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half like you do with some of the 401ks and IRAs. You um, you don't have to wait till you terminate from service like you do with some of these deferred comp vehicles. It's a great buffer asset. It's liquid. You can use it to help fund college for the kids if you start at a young enough age. Um, it could be used to put down on a kid's wedding, maybe a down payment on a house. Or you could just maybe. blow it on a boat. You could blow it on. You could buy a couple boats after you retire, right? You can buy boats, whatever you want. And and, and it's all tax-free money. So say you have, I don't know, maybe just say, for example, you got $150,000 in that cash value life insurance policy. You can take out $20,000 or $50,000, and that is not taxable income. You don't claim that as income during tax season because that's all after-tax money. And the IRS knows there's nothing, nothing shady about it. This is something that the IRS is allowing us to do. We're just not educated on, on, on the benefits of it all. Is there a reason for that? I mean, I, I know everybody has a, a negative, not everybody, but most people have a negative view on the financial markets in general. They feel like it's, a, you know, well, it's it's over there. You know, it's it's somebody else. It's the white glove type of stuff, you know, white collar. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that is there a reason why people aren't educated about this more? You know, I mean, it's it's a legal thing. Is it is it? Is it like if everybody got involved, it wouldn't be as good? Is there something along those lines or what is it? Just people aren't interested? 
No, I, I think it's more the lack of education than anything else. And I was, and I used to be one of those people. And you know, when I was younger, I was never crazy about, you know, some of the things that the finance here, finance there, crooked here, crooked there. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. So that's a little bit of an obstacle for for a lot of people in the finance world, and even in the life insurance world. You know, when I first heard about life insurance, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Life insurance, ah, it's just me. I'm a single guy. I don't no wife, no kids. Do I really need life insurance? I don't even, I don't even know what it pays. Somebody's going to get something when I die. I, it wasn't much of a strong interest of mine. Yeah. Uh, it evolved a lot over the years, though, I'll say that. Um, and I also mentioned one of the things. I, I One of my goals was to work for a mutual company, uh, which is what New York Life is. They're a mutual company, so they're private, right? They're not sold publicly. They don't necessarily have to answer to Wall Street. They, they can do things very non-traditionally if they want to. It's up to them. And they're mm-hmm. a very conservative company. They've been around for 175 years. They're very well established. They're a Fortune 100 company. They're there. They're a conservative company. They're not the life of the party. They're, they're conservative, and that's that's worked for them. That's, that got them to where they are. Yeah. Um, and they're, they, they're, they have AAA, AAA ratings across the board. Their, their financial strength is there. I'm not saying that to, to brag about how great the company that I work for is, but that that's... If you want to do business with somebody, especially when it comes to your retirement money or your something that is that yeah. you need, to yeah, fly. you want to you want to know you can trust this, and they're not going to be a fly by night, you know. I mean, right. uh, that that's that's your nest egg, you know. Um, yeah. So you know that makes perfect sense, and uh, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a big, I guess, a cultural thing. A lot of times with people, you know, if you maybe you don't make a lot of money or you're struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, people, the last thing they're thinking about is investments and the market and all that stuff. They're figuring out, you know, how they're going to put food on the table and, uh, you know, what are they going to do next month to pay the rent and all that type of stuff. But there are some different uh, options out there for people that don't necessarily have a large income. What are some of the things that people you know, I'm not talking, you know, you can't pay your rent. Obviously, there's some things that qualify you. But uh, what are some some low cost options that people can do now putting t- putting a few dollars away, you know, uh, 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 every month, you know, to, to, you know, support them down the road? What, what do you suggest to people like that? There's different strategies in place. You, you don't have to make a lot of money to be able to save. You don't have to make a lot of money to, to have some kind of retirement plan in place, right? The key is to start at some point in time. Obviously, the younger you start, the better off you're gonna be. If you can do, I break it down like this for my clients sometimes, if you can do $25 a week, is that feasible? Often it's like 25 a week, that's like two or three lunches, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Well, if you can do $25 a week, that's $100 a month. That's a decent contribution. You know, it depends. We're all we're all all at different financial situations in our in our lives, right? Yeah. Whatever's financially feasible, you 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 work it out that way. So you don't have to put away two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, or more dollars a month to get where you want to be. Structuring it the right way, taking take taking taxes into consideration in the future is huge when it comes into your 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 plans. I'm telling you, like I said earlier. Steve, I have so many people that are like, oh my God, Daryl, you're taking money out of the tax system now for me. That's great. I'm retiring in five years. It's a little bit of a late start, but you know, we can't rewind, right? We, we only get one good chance to plan our retirement when, right. when we're 55, 65, 67 years old. We can't rewind, right? right? But 
sometimes people like this cash value life insurance policy. Sometimes they want the market investments. Maybe right now it's not financially feasible for them, right? So there's options. There's there's plan B's involved. Well, why don't we just start here, get you locked in? Maybe we do a term policy where you can get half a million dollars worth of coverage for $30 a month. Maybe we just get you locked in at that. That way you're locked in, you're covered, we can take a deep breath, we have no worries. And then when you're financially able, when it's more feasible for you, then we can move over to the cash value life insurance portion of the, of the uh, policy. We just, we just convert whatever you can, right? Yeah. Then, then it just becomes a number like, all right, how much, Steve, are you comfortable doing a month? I don't know, 125, whatever your, whatever their number is. Well, then we just orchestrate. Then we just do a simple upgrade from that term policy that we started mm-hmm. into a permanent cash value policy. That means you're already approved. You already qualify. There's no underwriting necessary any longer. Right. And yeah, that is a good point. And I wanted to get on to that a little bit. Um, you know, the fact that when you're younger, generally you're in better health and uh, it's kind of uh, you need to be in decent enough health to be approved or correct. I mean, that, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I mean, if you're going to be banking that when you're in your, you know, late 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, that you're going to all of a sudden have all this money and you're going to be able to invest or whatever, uh, you can't rewind, like you said. So it's better to do something small, be approved, have this in place. And then what are you saying? I mean, you can you can basically if you're an existing customer with a policy, you can upgrade that policy without having to, you know, go through all the, the red tape again. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's a simple process. Once you're approved, you're approved. You can start with this. I, I have, I have clients that pay $19 a month, $15 a month. So it's just getting yourself established, right? That's the important thing. Cause it is, it's based on your age, your health and your gender. Right? Women are less expensive than men. Uh, the healthier you are, the more cost effective it is. The younger you are, the more cost effective it is. And we just structure it. We structure it where where it's not going to be a stressful event. Right. Once you're covered, we find out that you got an offer. We find out what your health rating is. Then we then we structure it to whatever you're comfortable with, right? If your number is Daryl, I can't do more than twenty one dollars a month. Well, then that's what we work with, right? And if there I are things possible. There I'm are sorry? things possible for that. If you, I mean, if you're at twenty-one dollars a month, there are things that are actually possible. Yeah, okay. yeah, there, there's definitely options available. There's too, too many options to really go through all the scenarios. Right, but of course. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot of child gifting. Like my daughter is 13 now. I got my first policy for her when she was two. Hmm. You know, that that was a year and a half later than what I should have. I should have locked her in. You can get a, a child's whole life policy at 14 and a half days. Don't ask me where the half comes in, but that's yeah. what it is, 14 and a half days. Uh, and you can get them you can get them covered. And then you're locking in their financial future. And it could be as little as $25 a month or hmm. as high as you want to go. So, you know, some a lot of people are using these these accounts to fund college or just setting them up for financial security in, in the future. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's so many interesting products that I, you know, had no idea about. I mean, and most people don't. Um, so, I mean, it's... People think that this is going to be an expensive thing. It's for rich people, you know, retirements, investments, stocks, whatever. All that stuff is a big deal. But uh, that's not really the truth. It's 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 something that isn't affordable, a necessary option for people. 
So let's talk about the requirements for people to get started. How do you, um, you know, what does the process look like? You have to see a physician, you know, you have to qualify. What are the things that disqualify you? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So a lot of it depends on, you know, your age. A lot of it depends on the amount of coverage that you want to have in place. So, for example, I was doing a, a policy today on somebody who was in their mid-40s. And he just wants a simple burial policy for himself. So his, his family is not worried about funding his, you know, burial expenses. Right. And he does die. He doesn't want GoFundMe pages coming up. And he just did a simple $20,000 burial policy that he'll have for the rest of his life. Because it's only $20,000, he doesn't have to go through any um, medical underwriting, meaning getting his height and weight blood and urine samples done. That's typically what's entailed in the in full underwriting process. Okay. What he has to do is just get it, do a simple telephone interview, uh, which takes about maybe 15 minutes, ask them some health questions, employment status. What they want to do is make sure that I'm not putting him in something that he shouldn't be in, right? They're going to ask him similar questions that I had already asked him, but it's kind of like, uh, we need to be held. People like me in these positions, we need to be held more accountable. We need to be held in a very fiduciary capacity. Right. Right. In Trust, but verify. Trust, but, but verify. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot, a lot more laws have been put into place. Things have changed since 2008 because a lot of people were taking advantage of, unfortunately. Can you explain just before you go on, can you explain what a fiduciary is, what fiduciary means to people? Essentially, it's making sure you're putting the best interest of the client first at all times. And that's an obligation. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we need to do. The advisors need to do um, because in the past that wasn't necessarily always yeah. the case. Yeah, because you hear a lot of horror stories about people with investments and, you know, kind of things like that where they have been taken advantage of. Um, and uh, this is this is one of those safer ways, safer strategies to kind of protect yourself where you do you are operating with somebody that does have is obligated to have your best interest in mind. Um, so that's, uh, that is a, a good, uh, you know, comfort, uh, comforting thing, uh, part of this. Um, but, uh, now, now to, to go on a little bit, uh, about the, the qualifications now for, for something a little bit more extensive, you know, some of these, uh, vehicles that you're talking about that maybe are tied to the market or, you know, savings plans and things like that. Can you, uh, walk us through what that, uh, what that underwriting process looks like? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So. When you get to some of the more elaborate um, plans, you have to go through underwriting, right? It's called medical underwriting, and it consists of a telephone interview, which is what I mentioned. Uh, they'll ask you some basic questions about you, uh, what your lifestyle is like. Like if you're if you're jumping out of airplanes every week, you may not get covered, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's based on your your lifestyle a little bit, your your health. They'll ask you um, questions: who your employer is. That's that's more or less checking up on me. And then you, you, you'll have a nurse come to your employer or to your home and they'll take your height, your weight, blood and urine samples because blood and urine samples do not lie. Yeah, right? of course. So, and, and there's, if you're a smoker, you're a smoker. It doesn't mean you can't get approved, right? I mean, they don't just offer these things to anybody, but I got many, many clients that smoke that are, are still approved and still did get coverage. Now, if you're smoking uh, or doing 
other drugs, right. and that came, well, comes up in your system, then chances are you're not gonna you're not gonna get offered uh, coverage. Um, I have people that are type two diabetics that have gotten covered. Hmm. Uh, I have somebody who's been cancer free for ten years that's gotten covered. So um, you just don't ever really really know until you go through the underwriting process, um, and there's no crazy tricks. Um, you know, if, if usually when we submit an application, we take payment with it because then you're covered right away throughout the whole process. How long does that process, process how long does that, it usually so that, take? It, it could take anywhere from three to nine weeks, okay. generally speaking. And I know that's a big window, but it really depends because sometimes if they ask for medical records, then, you know, that, that extends the process because doctors, that's not always going to be a priority to them to get Daryl right medical records for Steve right of so if you have and if you have an, uh, a past medical history um, then they may underwriting may request medical records just to make sure you're okay or you're healthy doesn't mean you're not gonna get covered mm -hmm. people get covered all the time and they still get good ratings it's just underwriting doing their due diligence yeah right well it makes sense I mean and that's that's why the company's been around for so long because they are diligent in protecting their investments in you you know so it's uh that 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 makes sense um what are some of the biggest disqualifiers besides obviously drugs and um if you have cancer or something like that are there any other things that maybe people don't think about that would be a disqualification um you know if you had triple bypass surgery a couple years ago that would be tough okay, okay. um if if it, it really is more or less you know drugs or if you're a felon people don't necessarily think about that if you have um i have somebody that has two duis i have two people that have multiple duis that still got covered so it's that's not going to eliminate you they don't have the they don't have the best rating yeah but still got covered and if you don't have a great rating say say i'm a little overweight right but i still got covered what i can do annually is put in what's called a rate reduction hmm. and then and that's the nurse coming back to my house taking my height weight blood and urine samples and maybe i get a better rating you can do that one time every year oh wow and if i get a better rating then that my premium's going to decrease hmm. you know it's much more and if you get a lesser rating you don't ever go down oh okay with our you never if I say I was a, a non-smoker class two and then I thought I was healthier but I'm really not and I got a non-smoker class eight well I'm not gonna go down to eight I'm gonna stay at two so you, oh, you can good. only go up that's good to know yeah um, and yeah I mean that's there's so much I mean th these things go by really fast when, when we when we talk about these things um, you know it's uh it's only an hour that we have this show uh, going so I wanted to talk about some of the other parts, I guess. I guess I wanted to get in a little bit because um, we talked about so much before and, wow. you know, we were talking about there's a self-sustaining policy. But let's touch a little bit about the COVID, okay? And, you know, the way that people operate today, uh, is a lot different than it was a few months ago. Uh, people aren't necessarily looking to, to go out to the doctor. And I know you mentioned the nurse coming to your home or your office and things like that. Is that something new? 
Uh, is that has that always been the way it is? What are the changes that the industry is making to kind of help people uh, along the way uh, if they're maybe upset um, or, or maybe hesitant to go out and, you know, talk to a bunch of new people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to answer your question, it's, it's not new. Um, and we don't use like, so when we have these, um, getting the medical exams done, right? It's not in New York life that does it. We have a, a separate company that we work with an independent company because it, you know, it could be a conflict of interest if New York life is saying right. what the, uh, what the health ratings are. So we, we have a third party company that does it and they're national. Um, and they do it for several companies. Um, but them going to the house is nothing new and and to be honest with you it's pretty quick you know they're in and out of there in 10 15 minutes usually tops they come in they don't mess around they take your height take your weight make sure you're okay answer any questions that you have we usually prep everybody beforehand anyway hey this is what this is what time they're coming they're going to call you let them in uh make sure you fast because we don't want them to throw off your your blood levels sugar levels any of that stuff and uh, we, we prep them so it's a fairly smooth process it's pretty pretty quick transition in and out. Um, what's different now with the COVID is that a lot of people don't want nurses coming into their homes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you, and, and I will say they're professional, they wear masks, they wear gloves and they, listen, they don't want to, they don't want to get exposed. Either. They don't want to get sick either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're very professional, but there are people that don't want to get that done. Right. So what New York Life has said, like, well, we can't just insure anybody out of, you know, just because they want life insurance, right? right? We have to find out some information. So, but at the same time, we don't want to stop offering life insurance to people. People need it. People want it, especially now. So they still offer it. They extend it. They're, they're much more uh, lenient and more flexible in what they're doing in regards to their policies uh, and procedures. You can get coverage without having to get the medical exam done. New York Life is willing to take your medical records from your doctor and use that to to decide and distinguish what, what type of rating or coverage you'll, you'll get. Hmm. Most, most of us, I know I can, you can access, you know, go to your doctor's uh, site, your, your, your Northwestern or whoever it is, and go to your patient portal, and you can access your medical records that way. And if you can't, you can make a simple request to your doctor's office and request medical records. And that's enough for New York Life to uh, offer coverage so you don't necessarily have to get blood and urine done. Right. And if you got blood and urine done in the last two years with your doctor, that again, that, that also is enough to suffice it for underwriting purposes. Well, that's really helpful. Uh, another thing that comes to mind, obviously, with the the nature of how everything is right now is if somebody was rocking and rolling and they, you know, were putting a lot of money into, a, a, you know, a, a high level policy, um, then all of a sudden everything hits the fan and they lose their job and they're uncertain about their income. What are the things uh, that are in place right now uh, through New York Life or, you know, just in the industry in general that uh, maybe could help that person? Yeah, so for, for people that have existing policies and accounts in place, and, and this has happened, right? There's a lot of people that got furloughed. There's a lot of people that just lost their jobs, and, and some are living off of employment, unemployment, and that's just more or less to get them by, right? Weather the storm until hopefully things get back to normal sooner than later. Like, who knows when that's going to happen, but right. things are starting to open up. Hopefully it'll continue, but 
who knows? You know, each state's different. We'll see what happens. But what New York Life did, I mean, listen, they're not going to say, all right, sorry, Steve, you can't make your premiums. Goodbye. We're going to surrender this thing. Sorry, you're out yeah. of luck. What they've done is extended the, the lapse uh, period. Usually it's a couple months. You're not making payments. You've been war- You've been sent letters, multiple letters saying, hey, payment is needed. You're, you're two months, three months behind. Mm-hmm. Eventually it will lapse and you'll be out of luck. And even then, if you call up and say, hey, you know, it's been three months, but I'm able to make a payment now. They'll they'll allow you to reinstate. It's just not boom. It's not cut and dry. You're just done and out of luck. Yeah, that would be uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. So there's payment plans in place as well. So when COVID hit, they extended the lapse period. Uh, so you have a lot of time to to catch up, and it's it's stressful. It, you you, the, you don't get free coverage, right? Right. You have to eventually make it back up. But there's also payment plans that they put in place also. So there's there's a, a COVID COVID nineteen relief payment plan that they're offering for people that cannot make payments, or maybe they're just being conservative and saying, "Hey, listen, I could probably make some payments, but I don't know what my future holds, so I need to make sure I have some safe money over here to pay my rent or mortgage." Also, right. So um, it's a very simple process. We can do it online, and I have had a couple, not many. But I've had a couple uh, clients to set up for this this loan program, where you can just make certain payments or or not. Yeah. And uh, over over the next twelve months. Well, and that's then, yeah. That I mean, there, there's. I'm glad to hear that there's some sort of forgiveness. I mean, uh, I would imagine that if they didn't do that, they'd probably go out of business because everybody would just lapse, right? So uh, <laughs> that's good. But now. Are there options where, um, you know, say you you're locked in for I don't know two hundred fifty dollars you're putting in every month or something? Can you can you move that down? I know when we were talking on the phone before there was some different things that we could do um, along the lines of, you know, if you're getting, uh, uh, I don't know exactly what you said, but you said that you know the money that you're making. You know, the money that, that you're earning uh, off of what you have invested could actually supplement the payment. Yeah, the dividends. Yeah, the dividends. Exactly. That's the, that's what I was looking for. Yep. You uh, so, you know, you, you got to understand that dividends are not promised. Dividends are not guaranteed. Uh, essentially, what that is, is, what you know, in a nutshell, company does really, really well. The board of directors, board of directors meets every year and decides, hey. This is how much money we made. This is what our expenses are. Let's see where we're at. All right, we're going to declare dividends, right? I'm glad you said that because that's one of the reasons why I chose, I wanted to work for a mutual company because working for a mutual company, when they pay out dividends, it goes to the clients, it goes to the policyholders, mm-hmm. right? Not to the share. When you work for a stock company and they pay out dividends, it goes back to themselves, right? And I'm not saying there's anything bad either way. It's, it's just, just a different. personal preference for me. Right. Um, I wanted to work for a mutual company because they don't necessarily have to answer to Wall Street. When they pay out dividends, it goes to the clients, the customers. So having said that, dividends are not promised. They're not guaranteed. They'll be decided on an annual basis. And when a mutual company decides to pay out dividends and it's going back to the policyholders, the clients, they could decide what they want to do with those dividends, meaning they could take a check at the end of the year Maybe the dividends is equal to $2,000, and they can take that $2,000 annually. Nine times out of 10, 
when they declare dividends, the clients put them back into the policy because then it's growing. It, it's like compounding interest. Yeah. The dividends are increasing that cash value growth substantially. The power of the dividend is substantial over time. And you're going to see your cash value grow significantly more when you're putting your dividends back into that. So not only that, say you did get furloughed and you know you may be having a tough time making your your monthly premium payments, but you don't necessarily want to take out a loan either, or you don't necessarily want to be a part of that the payment program. You can use those dividends to offset your premium as well. So you have those choices. You get it. You can get a check for the end of the year, sent to yourself. You can just roll it back into the cash value account, or if needed, and the dividends. If the dividends are enough, you can use them to offset your monthly premium also, and you can start and stop that anytime you want. Well, that's a that's a powerful uh, thing there. You know, it's a, it's there's a lot of people making decisions right now, trying to figure out how to stop the bleeding. You know, and and what what options they have available to them to, you know, obviously uh, keep keep what they have, but you know, help help for the future too. But um, so much information, so little time. Uh, we could go on and on because there's so many products and so many options. But uh, I, I I hate to say we've done an hour. Um, but the good thing is you do this for a living and you have a phone number and an email address. Uh, so for people that are listening that, you know, kind of got a little taste of this information and they want some more, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me, I'll, I'll give you my, my office number and I'll, I'll give you my um my my uh, website also, and we'll put so that my, in the description. My, we'll put that in the description below for everybody listening. We'll put it in the description so you can uh, check out the website. Um, and uh, you know, I guess uh, you know, are there any? Um, I guess there's no events or anything that you're doing. You usually you usually do seminars and things like that. But what do you got going on? Is there anything coming up? Yeah, you know, I, we do have different events going on. Usually I'm in and out doing these lunch and learns. Uh, I have done a couple of them, not to the same degree, but I'll, I'll come into different small businesses because I do a lot of work with uh, small business owners and, and I'll educate their their clients on, you know, the, the, this what we discussed essentially. I'll come in, I'll bring lunch in, and we'll talk for maybe 30, 30 minutes and then maybe another 15, 20 minutes of Q&A. And then we're in and out of there. I try to make it fairly quickly and respect their time because it's usually during a lunch period. Yeah. So it doesn't usually take more than 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Um, I am doing some of those now for the people and companies that are interested in um, just on a much smaller scale. Sure. We do do a lot of webinars. So um, I'd have to look at the schedule. Yeah. We're doing I, – I know one of my – I have a team. Right? I have a long-term care specialist, disability guy a life product consultant, a state planning consultant, they do these Zoom webinars periodically. So I always invite my clients to them because it doesn't cost anything. Yeah, It's great education. It's usually not more than less than an hour long. Um, before pre-COVID, we would have them at our office. We provide uh, food if it's in the evening, at lunch during the day. Uh, now we just had to kind of transfer it to webinars yeah. online. So. Right. Um, if people are interested in finding out more of that, they can contact me on my the information that you have listed there, and I'm more than happy to share that with them. Our meetings, they don't come with any um, 
costs. It's not like know. a timeshare meeting where, where you go in and they're just no. trying to hard sell you, try to not try to get you signed up. <laughs> no, nothing uh, like that whatsoever. Completely. It's all education. It's just getting out there and trying to educate people on the options that are available to them. Uh, they don't come with any obligations or commitments, and it doesn't cost anything. And pre-COVID, you got a free meal out it's of it. It's 4 o'clock. We do have different events going on. So if anybody has any interest, they can certainly reach out to me, and I'm more, more than happy to fill them in. Perfect, perfect. Well, you know, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Again, that's Daryl Havrish, a financial service professional with New York Life Insurance Company. And uh, we will put the info in the description below so you can, you know, go on the website, send them an email. If you have any questions, give him a call. I know he's more than more than happy to uh, point you in the right direction if he can't help you specifically. Um, but I bet he can. So uh, give him a call again. That's Daryl Haverish. I definitely appreciate it, Daryl. Thanks for coming on. Are there any closing words that you want to leave with the audience? No, just be safe. Be careful. You know, be kind. Uh, thanks for everything you uh, get. Thanks for giving me the time, Steve. I really appreciate it. This was great. Uh, I can talk. I'm passionate about this. So I can talk <laughs> about it forever. I probably talk more than I should. But um, an hour, hour went by pretty quickly. Uh, I just appreciate the time. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I appreciate you and uh, we'll be talking again soon.